record now and we'll just we'll just do the interview for like an hour and then we'll do like 30 minutes that i carved out just for like a pose off i guess so yeah all right i'll just cool. need like just like five minutes i would to... like to invert that ratio but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we can do that i just need like <laughs> five minutes to grease up and then I'm, <laughs> I'm good to go Ooh. Today's uh today's episode is actually a monumental one in this little podcast newsletter that I do because I have never had a guest on twice. Uh but the last time I had this guy on, it was my most popular episode ever. Yes. And as you know, I only do things for popularity. That's the only reason to do something for popularity. Exactly. You're finally learning. The art. <laughs> if, you have, if you have artistic like, aspirations or anything like that, you leave that at the door. It's like someone who listened to all of the armed albums just not carefully enough to totally get that exact uh, uh, meaning from it. So that's well, great. I get it. I'm just in it. I'm just in it for the pats on the back. Um, well, for the listeners, this guy is one of the many members of the Armed who have written the album of the year, Perfect Saviors, which will probably be out uh, by the time people are listening to this. Tony Walski, Tony, welcome, Hi. welcome back. The only person I've ever Thank said you. welcome back to. I like that. Uh, the last time I had you on, it was it was Adam Valali. Yes. Yeah. Now it's Tony Tony Walski. So you lied. Who knows what it'll be next time? <laughs> Lying Tony Walski. We know about him. <laughs> we know about Lion Tony. Used to be uh, Lion is... Adam, but okay, okay. That's everyone's <laughs> missing the hand motions right now. That really, <laughs> the hand really motions make it. That. Hey, that's while while we're talking. I don't know if you were following, but while we're talking, they were booking Trump in uh, the county jail. No, and everybody cool. was waiting on his mugshot to drop, which as of when I we connected, it hadn't dropped. But they okay. did lift they did list the crimes and his height and weight. And he put six three two fifteen, which as you know is insane. Wow. Two fifteen yeah, yeah. is so that insane. is not true at all. Not at all. Not even remotely close. One of those. At least one of those is horribly wrong. <laughs> I believe the six three. I think he's a pretty big boy. That's but what I've heard. Two fifteen. No. Two fifteen. That that's that's skinny Randall. I, I know this that's is. A... I know that's a, a crock of shit because I, <laughs> I I recently went on vacation and I I was gone for like a month and I didn't eat badly, but I definitely was not counting calories. Yeah. I came home the heaviest I'd ever been. And I was nice. 207. Yeah. And I texted you and I said, Hey man, <laughs> I'm good with workouts, but not with diet stuff. Can you help me get down to 200 or under 200? Yes. And you sent me text messages that if, if typed up probably amounted to six or seven pages. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to do something. You got to do it right. man. <laughs> and, it, and which basically amounted to six pages of like, you should eat chicken a lot <laughs> yeah should... that that is essentially the crux of a lot of it isn't it <laughs> but i am happy to say that i weighed in today and i was 201 so i'm pretty pretty close let's off. do yeah. it love it but uh well besides the lying about uh your name i have another mm. bone to pick with you i love to just start right. these off by just just having it out uh <laughs> last time i saw you was a few weeks ago i was at your uh, spacious compound in detroit 
and I was writing a cover story about you for The Fader, which ran in July, and it was perfect, and everyone loved it, and yeah, it was beautiful. And I thought if this was the definitive story on the armed, but now since then I've seen you've been in Kerrang, you've been in Revolver, <laughs> you've been in the New York Times art section. So yeah, man, what the fuck? Definitive. <laughs> definitive means you don't need another one. Definitive is de- defines. You the competitive, we all know what definitive means. The competitive nature of journalists has worked <laughs> in our favor to such a ridiculous degree. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone's really that interested in us. They're just interested in, in one-upping the last yeah. guy. You know what I mean? You guys so, did really smart getting me involved early on because you're like, let's get the most despicable music writer. <laughs> and then, and then everyone will want to outdo him. Yes, that's um, that's not entirely untrue. <laughs> but I was first, and first is the worst, second. Oh shit, no, first is the worst. Fuck. <laughs> okay well that has backfired in so my congratulations opinion. mike isaac or whatever yeah. <laughs> well i have to know this though did you fucking did you fuck did you work out with any other writers for the purpose i of did not you were the only person i worked out with i did make goddamn mike isaac right pull over repeatedly to eat what or to rather to watch me eat but you know that's just my <laughs> that's just gonna happen with anyone no you're the only one who got the training session <laughs> god damn right that's the real story anybody yeah. can write about what music sounds like i want to know how many reps you're doing on <laughs> i want to see it yeah that's yeah the yeah real, the real all these stories about bruce springsteen and bob dylan that run in rolling stone Where's the daily splits? Right, exactly. When's his leg day? When is when is Eddie Vedder's chest day? We don't yeah. know. We don't, we don't know. know. We're not seeing them hug the tree. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're not seeing any of that. Yeah. Well, but you know, a lot of the story that that uh, a lot of like what we talked about when I did write that story on, on you was that uh, you know maybe how maybe this was like the arms time for like a, a crack at the spotlight. And, and now you have kind of came true. Like you've gotten all this press, <laughs> which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, the press attention has been great. Yeah. What do you, what do you make of that? Cause you were a band that like got good press historically, but you were very, I think you were on the fringes. I think you would get a good yeah. pitch fork review or something and, and, and move on. But now everybody like wants to write about you guys. You're very interesting. Sure. Uh, it's so been like, really neat. Yeah. I, I mean, it's been neat like that, like, you know, our parents and families now are like <laughs> able, like, the you know, like New York times and stuff. It, it's funny when it gets there and like, you know, uh, those types of people are seeing it for the first time. And that's really, really cool. Um, it makes, I think the majority of us really uncomfortable because that's why mm. we've been using aliases. You know what I mean? For, for a while. And it's been fun to uh, hide behind, you know, there's a, uh, there's Dan Green, the real person. Then there's Trevor Nod who plays Dan Green, but we've also just utilized the name Dan Green quite often when doing anything remotely or doing telephone interviews and stuff. And to not hide behind all of that can be a little uh, intimidating, but it's been cool. And it seems like a lot of people are feeling it. So we're really, really uh, thankful for that. Are you are you tired yet of letting uh, nerds <laughs> like me tell you for a day or what? No, no, not never you. No, um, 
no it, it's uh it's been it's cool i mean it's just it's the fact that anyone wants to talk about any of this is honestly just very flattering you know we're not you know we're, we're, we're we started this band when we were literally kids but we're not we're not 20 years old anymore like i mean this this stuff is just when, when this shit happens when anyone pays attention and it's later in your life i think you just have some perspective of how silly everything is mm-hmm. so um it, it it uh it's still in the phase where it's just very uh it's very flattering and very cool and I, we're just thankful anyone's paying attention to it you know what i was thinking How, do you you know like for for many years like you said you kind of did do this uh, semi-anonymously yeah. and you kind of like embraced things that were a little bit misleading or yeah. a little bit you know misdirections or something like that and now and and i almost feel like if stuff was written about you and it was it almost contributed to the lore when there was like a mistake or something like that. Right. But now that you're being fully transparent and you're getting written about, are you more worried about the accuracy in the reporting? Like, Hey, like this is wrong or that, you know, like this actually is not how it went or something. I guess I don't still really care <laughs> too much. I, it's a, it, I think, you know, we live in this weird time of, uh, you know, completely uh, in, in, you know, infinite and immediate data. You know what I mean? We, we've always had, there's always been a spin to things. History's written by the winners or whatever, but now you're seeing people trying to decipher the winning side in real time. You know what I mean? And so like everything is sort of wrong. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think if, uh, you know, things being wrong about, my rock and roll band are probably the least of the concern for the world. <laughs> yeah. Fake in, news, in the grander fake, scheme of the things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's still pretty entertaining because like a lot of times the mistakes are also like, you know, a lot of times the the untruths are like sort of flattering. Like they're mm. I think we talked about this, but it's like it'll be rooted in the like, well it can't possibly just be these people doing, you know what I mean? Like a lot of it will be like that there's some sort of mastermind or something. And it's like, that's just kind of, that's cool that you think it's so great or awful or effective in some way that you think there has to be some sort of wizard of Oz type thing. Like that's, I mean, you know, it's just flattering, whatever. Uh, It's cool. (laughs) I was, I, I was most interested in the, the finances before I got to know you better, just because that's the thing that to me seemed like there's, there must be some sort of trickery. George Soros must be funding this or something because (laughs) there's no, you know, like it just does not make any fiscal sense. No, Uh, I think operate the way you do. And, and as about in the, in the article is that, the reason is because you're generally doing it as a, as a loss in in most. Yeah. And I think that also is why, like, when asked some of these questions, it's like, we don't care because it's like, we can't, like, w- w- you know, I guess the opinions of other people on what you're doing, it's like, if I told you, I don't like the color your room is painted, you'd be like, oh, and it might make you sad, but ultimately you wouldn't paint your room so that I would be happy with what color is painted, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, there's a weird thing where it's just like, a lot of this stuff is so personal to us and we're thankful that people like 
in, enjoy it to the max. Like, like that's, you know, can't be overstated enough, but it's like it, uh, anything beyond that, it's just sort of like, uh, okay. I mean, like, I guess if I was making money off of it, I would feel differently, but since I don't, I don't give a shit if you don't mm-hmm. like it, you know what I mean? Like, we're just trying to do the absolute most and fold it over into itself a million times. I mean, it's, it's ultimately just a bunch of the same now grown ass versions of the kids getting together and just saying, what if we just did this thing that was ridiculous? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But the sandbox has just been getting bigger for us and we just have more friends now and that is awesome and we uh don't really plan on changing that mode of doing things anytime yeah. soon something else that i've been dying to ask you is you know when when i was last there um uh you and i drove to columbus ohio to see yeah. the stone age yes and you and i spent uh one night with them and i kept thinking how are the armed going to survive three weeks of this? Because well, we did <laughs> one night. I, I don't know. I remember just that's a really boring night for me. But I just remember like little flashes. That's I like. I remember Josh Hame cutting his drummer's shoulder with a knife. Yeah, for no reason. No reason at all. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this seems like this would really get to be overwhelming after a night. So three weeks, how did that go? It was amazing. It was tiring. I don't know if you can tell I'm a, probably a little bit lower energy than the last time. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, having just gotten back, but it was it was incredible. Uh, I uh, I definitely brandished my own knife like day three to really <laughs> yeah. set the mood. And it was very funny because our sound guy, uh, uh, Derek Coburn, who's this incredible, incredible guy, he recorded most of the album and he came and did front of house uh, on the record, but was like very uh, uh, ch- like chilly trying to get me to stop holding a knife uh, to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> because he thought he was happening, like he didn't know that it was a, a callback to previous history with knife play. Um, and he just thought I may have just uh, have imbibed a little too hard and, and just, just been unexpectedly brandishing uh, a large knife uh, with I was actually using to eat peanut butter off of. But um, <laughs> it was it was an absolute blast. I mean, it can't be it, the amount like that, uh, the. Uh, those 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 guys are and their whole crew are just so welcoming and uh you know kind of what's ours is yours so it's like it's funny because we played such smaller gigs with other bands you know bands that we admire like hardcore it's just so much it it was very funny like we have never been treated that well by anyone you know Mm -hmm. what i mean uh before normally besides the stabbings yeah uh uh-huh yeah, besides, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, it's a, it's like a prison kind of thing. You kind of got to yeah, establish yeah, yeah. Do- co-dominance, you know what I mean? But uh, be, beyond that, no, it was just uh, everyone was really, really cool and really, really welcoming. And uh, the Fanagram crew, too, everyone was really nice. So, you know, for being our first uh, arena tour yeah. and our first time playing shows in a while and first time playing a bunch of these new songs, it was terrifying to be like, oh, my God, we're going to be playing these these new songs that no one's ever heard, we're going to debut them in, you know, 
30% full arenas in full daylight as a bunch of drunkards are coming in. Right. Who's, this is their one concert a year and they love, you know, the radio and like, like, it's just, it was a very different audience, but for the most part, I mean, there was like, honestly, there was like only one or two like hecklers that we ever encountered and everyone mm. else was mostly pretty chill. Um, the audiences were pretty receptive and people either hated it or loved it, which is what we've always been going for. You know what I mean? I think we evoked a reaction and the the places tended to fill out, um, you know, by halfway through our set. So I think there was a draw there. There was a lot of new people coming up to us and it was neat to see that stuff hit. And there was still mostly just confusion, but that's okay too. You know what I mean? It was a new thing for yeah. a lot of people there. That's for sure. That's cool. I I I was I saw your post on Instagram and I was curious because it said I am also infinitely thankful to most of the crowds <laughs> that mostly tolerated yeah, something. Yeah, no, I mean honestly, mo like most of the crowds were totally fine. There was like a loud guy at one of the early shows who kept telling me to like come at him <laughs> and kept flicking us off and being like, fuck you, you suck. <laughs> And I was like, okay, buddy, I'm going to come over there. During the last one, he was like, yeah, bring it. Like he was going, and then I just went over there and I was like, what's up? Cause we're playing Big Shell and I really don't do too much on that song. Kara sings most of it and I play keyboards sometimes, but I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go hang out with my new friend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, true to form of anybody uh, in like 99% of people, in the world now, uh, he, you know, as soon as he realized he wasn't on the internet, he was just confused as to what to do. And I just went out there and was like trying to shake his hand and ask him what bands he did like. And, stuff. <laughs> and he just kind of was like, very, it, it was very awkward and weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we, we want to, uh, we're, we're there to make people uncomfortable. And that's, that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> you speaking of like discomfort and pe people not getting it you know something else that you and i talked a lot about was uh perfect saviors being you know a real a uh, bit of a departure for you guys and that yeah. uh drifts away from the sort of like hardcore sounds that you were doing uh on earlier records and i was you know asking a lot about how you thought people would receive that and yeah. you know the album isn't it doesn't come out till tonight i guess but uh you've released like enough of the singles that i feel like people have gotten sort of like a taste of what you're doing yeah uh how has it been like how has the reaction been to this sort of like new style and new presentation of the armed i i mean i think good i mean it's like you can't you can't put stuff something out like liar two it's named liar two mm -hmm. and you have the song liar one you know what i mean and, and expect no one to get pissed about it or something like I think there has been a, a fair amount of people not getting it you know or, or just not I don't mean that like in an intellectual like uh way I just mean like they don't it doesn't connect with them and they don't like it and that is kind of just uh okay with us and it seems like there's a lot of people who who do you know what I mean like to me this is we've literally been talking about how niche the the concept of subgenre is is sort of outmoded by you know all of this data all of this uh, information all of this art being available to us at all times 
in the way that like, you know, subgenres used to be, you know, regional or based in scenes. And now a lot of it is just comes down to like superficial online gatekeeping. And that was something that we just didn't like. And we've been saying for years that it's like, we're trying to use the format of pop to evoke the same amount of, of subversion and of rage, you know what I mean? And to me, Perfect Saviors is exactly that. We have now, you know, in a time where hardcore is having its, it's like, you know, hardcore is Walmart, hardcore is Taco Bell, you know what I mean? Hardcore, <laughs> and and that, there's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But I think it's also interesting to try to have flipped that on its head and use your language within the confines of this other thing being like pop music for us to try to still evoke that same intensity. So I think it's really connecting with some people and then turning off others. And, um, you know, some people have like hit me up and been like, I, at first I fucking hated the single. Now I love it, which is like always, that's how I enjoy almost everything I truly love. I have almost universally hated the first time because yeah. I've been scared of it. You know what I mean? It's evoked mm -hmm. a fear response. So that's really cool because I think that normally points to you doing something kind of new or novel, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a little of both. And, and we're like very much kind of okay with that because everyone in the band thinks it's the fucking best record we've ever put <laughs> yeah. out and we love it. And it's definitely, I mean, I think people maybe who have seen the shows too kind of see like there is a fire and a rage in this band that just because it doesn't sound identical to those other songs it's still very very much there you know what i mean i don't think our shows have ever been kind of crazier you know mm -hmm. uh, we, we had a house show that was like the biggest debacle shit show <laughs> of anything we've ever played it was a blast and it was awesome but i mean it's like those things have never been more intense never been more crazy um and uh yeah I, I don't know. I, I'm very pleased with the, I mean, it just seems like for the most part, a lot of people are really into it. And, uh, you know, the, the people who aren't, I mean, that's been going, I think there's kind of a funny thing that happens. Like the proportion is still very much the same to me as people who were angry about only love, you mm -hmm. know, we had that record only love that came after untitled and we were a much smaller band, but immediately the day that record came out, we were getting like hate mail on our social mm. media of people who really, really, really disliked how it sounded and ultra pop pissed off so many people. But now there's this like weird immediate revisionist history of people who will say that like, no, you know, only love is the classic and this, and it's like, which is so, so like, that's the thing. It's like almost like people's distaste for this one is still sort of flattering in the way that it's showing that more people connected with those other records than really did at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they, I was fucking there, man. It didn't, it wasn't what these people think it was. You know what I mean? Like those records didn't come out to universal acclaim or anything like that. So the, the idea that like people are kind of acting like they did now, it points to the fact that those records might mean something to people. So um, well, I, I would love everyone to love everything. That's also just not in the cards for us. We're not a, we're not a band that is supporting, you know, we, our families off of this. We don't really feel like we, uh, you know, we're not doing it 
because we have to, we're doing it because we love doing it and we're going to do whatever the fuck we want mm-hmm. because otherwise, why would we be doing any of this? It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I, um, I think what I think I had predicted, uh, if you recall that I, I thought that your fan base, I think just to be into this band in general, you have to have a pretty open mind. Cause I feel like yes. a lot of the stuff that you guys do is pretty out there. And so yeah. I don't feel like it's just some person who likes Foo Fighters and it's just like, right. yeah, I just like rock music. I just like rock music. Yeah. You know, like, I think there's like a little bit of a journey you have to go on. You have to be a certain t- kind of person, music liker, music lover to, to appreciate the arm. So I had really thought that with this album, I was like, I feel like the good majority of your fans are just going to be, interested in and open-minded about what you are doing and i think there's going to be a small contingent of the fucking more baser uh fans who are like i just like hardcore you know and it's funny because when you started posting about the record and i also posted some pictures i had this guy in my comments who you know he just would tell me every every time i posted something about the armed he would be like like nah this this is not the sound this is not it yeah and then yeah, i would yeah. look in your comments and sure enough like everybody was really supportive you know like wow great you know awesome uh and then that guy would be there again and he would be oh like, dude it's like three people i mean it, that's the thing it's like literally it's the same person over and over right <laughs> and i you know and i know that there's people who like will just appreciate something and not say anything or or they'll like dislike something and just not need to voice that on the internet but i feel like that seems to be a pretty good uh you know like display of how it's being reacted which is like nine out of ten people are pretty normal minded about it and appreciate it and then there's the one guy who's like i only like when you do Dillinger escape plan, Matthew, you know, like, and and it's funny too, because to that guy, I have to say like, brother, (laughs) you are here for the blast beats. I am here to refract. We are not the same. Yeah, dude. I mean, those, those old songs still exist. Listen to them. I don't give a fuck if you like the new shit, dude. Sorry. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. It's there. I think there's a weird entitlement sometimes to people like we're, we're very gracious to our fans who've liked it. But again, it's like, you know, this shit isn't putting my kid through college right now. So we're just doing whatever, like to me, art in its purest form exists outside of the, the, the fucking, you know, demon funnel of capitalism. So it's like, it it, it doesn't mean that any art that has a, an upside in a commerce thing that that's invalid, not at all. But I mean, like, I just think that, you know, it's always just trying to be like, that's the only thing that you're frustrated with people is like, you just wish that you could be like, listen, just trust us that this is exactly what we want to do because there is, there, there is no ulterior motive to this. It has destroyed our lives. You think I want to weigh my food every fucking day, you know, (laughs) it's that kind of thing, but yeah, no, it's totally that. And it's like, exactly. You know, you touched on something else there, which is interesting to me, which is like, with the exception of uh, Redcon one's MRE light, formula change uh which really really uh has ruined my life i don't go online and write bad reviews about things you know what i mean (laughs) like i don't i don't i don't if i dislike something maybe i talk about it but like the idea that people are that incensed about music that they're like you know throwing it to you like hey this sucks like i i 
that appeals to me, you know what I mean? Mm. Because it's like, it is evoking a reaction, like something, you know, historically that you did was significant enough for this person to feel invested in it. So it's that thing where it's like, again, I, I mean, I wish everyone just liked everything, but if they're going to hate it, I mean, it's kind of cool to see them really fucking hate it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I, it, yeah. it, it, it means that at some level, something you did was potent enough to warrant this reaction, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, we talked a little bit about this, but I find you guys really interesting in that, you know, I've been like a, a very public uh, a supporter of you guys. And in my personal life, you know, I do have friends that are big fans of the armed and we like to talk about the armed. But then I also feel like I have a few friends who, since I've been so vocal about liking you guys, will like pull me aside and be like, dude, this armed band. I don't yeah. get it. I don't. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. that's always how they frame it is like, I don't get it. And it frustrates me that I don't get it. It's, it's so weird. It's not just like, oh, I don't like this. It's always like, what, what do you like about this? Like, what is this? Right. And it's like, man, I can't, I can't explain. Like, if you don't like, if the music's not for you, it's not for you. But to me, it's just like, for me to start explaining this to you, it's like explaining a fucking like, a thunderstorm to a baby like i don't yeah, you know like dude, how that, where do i start with this we, like, we do want to be like that wow what a great metaphor i mean we do want to be such an abstract notion that it is almost beyond something that you can like talk about or cover you know what i mean that there is so much density to the material that it is like you just have to be into it or not i think the armed is a band for people who don't get other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, what draws, I think our audience is like really diverse. And I think mm -hmm. what draws them together is that maybe some of these people don't connect on other things that other people really like. And that is what's cool about the armed is it is, is so confusing that it's a level playing field and no one's the cool guy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that's, that's always been the point is that like, it is meant to put your feet immediately in quicksand and a lot of people are going to react negatively to that you yeah know? they're just thrashing they're just thrashing exactly mm -hmm. but if you just you know look around and think that this is beautiful and you stop moving you know what i mean like like all of a sudden but you have to be you i think you have to be and this is of course the most positive version of, of this interpretation it's like you have to be open yourself enough to experiencing something new or not thinking I only listen to this you know these three years of Florida death metal you know what I mean mm -hmm. like 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 that's the thing and because that's what we've always been against is is trying to be this like we prescribe to this religion that other people made and now we're just trying to refine it or make it even harder core fuck all that man like uh we're a bunch of losers and we're making this music <laughs> that we think is fucking awesome and i think it's going to appeal to a lot of freaks out there too and i yeah. think those are the people that those are the people that give us the benefit of the doubt that's like hey look there's a song that's just acoustic guitar and sax i know <laughs> give us a minute you know mm -hmm. what i mean and i think that's what's beautiful is hopefully it's making people like you know some things that they wouldn't normally like because frankly it's doing the same to us you know what i mean we're constantly trying to evolve the art and make it something new and fresh yeah well did you you know like I, i'm certainly not asking you to like shit on anybody else and i know that you guys really think of yourselves in in a vacuum in a way but yeah. one one just very quick passing 
line that I mentioned in that piece that I wrote about you is when you do pull back, uh, it's such a funny, it's such a funny time for you guys to make this record because this is just mm-hmm. the one time in my entire fucking decades of listening to this kind of music where hardcore of all genres is getting like a weird sort of moment. You know, there's like yeah. turnstile is like, I guess the, the big shark, but then there's these smaller sharks attached to its scowl and, 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 and uh, gel and all these bands. And so it's just weird that that's kind of like having a, having a cultural moment. And if any, if there were any time for a hardcore band to sort of like ride that it would be now and of course (laughs) course, this is the time where you guys have like done this departure where you're like off of that so i don't know like again i'm not asking you to like shit talk any what anybody else is doing but like what do you think of that sort of moment that's happening now with like hardcore in the in being cool i guess i think it's cool i mean i love hardcore and i also love things being popular you know what i mean like i don't think it needs to belong to just me and my seven friends i think Mm -hmm. everything you know when i like something it's cool to you know before 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 it all went awry uh you know i i remember seeing uh star wars the force awakens (laughs) you know with my dad and my brother you know what i mean the first sequel before everything got nutty and the fucking fandom just went so toxic and then it's like one of those things now that you have to you love it so much that you hate every single thing about it you know what I mean but like for that brief moment this movie came out and you were just in these packed ass theaters with a bunch of people having fun I think that shit's cool as fuck so like I don't I I also like you know uh Wolf Eyes is my favorite band of all time (laughs) and that's a band that you know most of the time I've seen them has been in the company of, you know, a dozen other people in some mm-hmm. weird, uncomfortable rooms. So it's like, I like experiences of all kinds, but I don't think it's intrinsically bad because it's popular. I think that's stupid. And I think if I've liked hardcore for so long, why all of a sudden should it be lame that other people are liking? I think that's cool. I also think all those bands are really cool. You know what I mean? We were supposed to play with Zulu last year. I love, you know, Soul Glow's fucking amazing. Um, uh we- been doing it, doing something sort of yeah I, never mind I can't talk about that but, <laughs> but, but uh the, you know there, there's all these bands that I love that are doing shit that's cool but at the same time I think what drives the armed is like proving the point like 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 the plan was to go this route and the idea that this stuff was popping off at the same time just made it that much more enticing to us to to not sound like that (laughs) you know what Mm -hmm. I mean to to not be just another one of those people because I mean frankly those other bands are doing it so well you know what I mean Turnstile has put out a fucking awesome record you know and it's like it's not saying like I don't want to sound like them because I hate them. I just I have no interest in sounding like that band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's um, funny because I'm I, a lot of bands are like it's funny because Turnstile. I don't really have a particular problem with Turnstile. I think I can listen to their records at the gym and it sounds great. Uh, but when I hear it, I think, oh fuck! Like we're gonna get ten years of diminishing returns of bands yeah, trying dude. to sound like this until we're stuck with like fucking uh crazy train or something like that but the armed is so funny to me that because i really feel like you guys uh sonically are gonna have very little like 
influential footprint. Like, no, it's it's hard to just start a band and say, yeah, I want to sound like perfect saviors. You know what yeah, I want to sound yeah, like? Yeah, sure. You know what I really want to sound like is a band that has 20 people and one of them is in Queens of the Stone Age. And one of them is in Converge. And one of them is Julian Baker. I really want to sound a band like that sounds exactly like that. Like, right, so I just feel right, like right. you guys are not going to have any sort of like legacy in that way. Uh, I think what you guys are doing spiritually is very, very influential, even to myself. Um, but like, I don't know, like, does it, do you ever think about that? That the, you just guys, you guys seem to just meet, keep making it like difficult for yourself in a way. And that like, you are a true island. Like it's hard. It must be hard to like book. Like, I mean, you just toured with Queens of the Stone Age. I don't think you sound particularly like Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, it's hard to just like group another band to you yeah, for any reason, whether it's I like see that. touring or whether it's like being on a label. It's just, it seems like being in your own, being your own thing would come at a cost. Sure. No, I mean, I, I think all of that is valid and it's, uh, I don't know what to say. Cause I just agree with all of that. Yeah. I mean, like it, it, it makes everything harder, but again, just being in a, another also ran band i think we're also just like sort of self-aware of the stuff we're good and bad at you know mm -hmm. what i mean like we took it to untitled and that was very clear that that was as far as we were gonna get with that stuff you know mm -hmm. what i mean um and it wasn't like we need to reinvent ourselves it was just let's just get we've always been making this crazy shit let's just get crazier with it because you gotta you gotta realize where you can add value to something and i think our value comes in uh getting very weird sometimes you know what i mean and getting very odd and uh breaking about you know i mean you know radiohead doesn't sound particularly like too many other bands sure. either mm -hmm. but a lot of bands are influenced by them and i think that like that's a ridiculous fucking legacy to try to live up to but i mean like that's the thing it's like if if no one really gives a shit about this band you know at, it, at the end of it that's okay as long as maybe one or two people took something really important with it from it. And, and maybe they were able to make something or maybe just the scope of it. Like, I mean, that's the thing is like, I think we talked about this about like the scope of music. Um, we wanted this record to feel not, not sound like the nineties, but feel like the scope of a record from the nineties. Hmm. And we didn't have a, you know, $2 million budget to do it, but we did have, you know, some money from the label and a lot of fucking connections and after ultra pop a lot of people who were like well known you know who had kind of our, our network our sandbox had grown you know so it was one of those things where it was just trying to like show people that like maybe you can do a lot like again it's flattering because people think that there has to be like dark money behind this or there's mm -hmm. this it's just like no it's just a bunch of people who are okay with breaking even and who have devoted their entire skill sets of all their day jobs and shit like they have focused on ways to make money outside of the band that would solely service the band you know mm -hmm. what i mean like like working in film and working in visual arts and stuff like that so it's like it's this i don't know i hope that maybe the scope could be inspirational to some people just that the force like, of will i think the is force also of will. i mean you know like like Randall uh, lost over a hundred pounds and people don't, you know, people accuse, I mean, people accuse me of being an actor. I, I mean, I think that's just like uh, weird, but like Randall does literally just look like a completely different person. You know what I mean? And it's like, 
it doesn't mean that everyone has to work out. It just means that like, like that's absolutely not the point of the arm. But I think what's cool is that like committing to a bit that hard, you know what I mean? And seeing that like this regular ass dude and these other people are, are just doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe there's something to be mined from in that, but yeah, I mean, exactly what you said. It's like, you know, me and you are old enough to have seen, you know, for, for every, you know, Nirvana, there's eventually a fucking creed, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? And mm-hmm. for every, uh, every rage against the machine, there's eventually a, a crazy train or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that band is called or, you know what I mean? And it's like the idea of, okay, this shit's popular now and stuff happens so much faster and so much smaller, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it, I don't anticipate we're on the, the brink of a, uh, 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 you know, multiple decade reign of, of specifically nineties throwback hardcore. It's like, I, I don't, I don't want to f- fall into that because well, really, I mean, just beyond any reason, because I have no draw to doing that at all for any reason, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just, it's not what we're making. We're just making what we're making. And that kind of is what it is. By the way, um, you're, you're, you, you telling you talking about this just to like the sheer, tenacity to just force of will it into existence is reminding me of a story that I had totally forgot that you told me about. Uh, And I'm almost like, feel like I'm misremembering it, but didn't you tell me that you like recorded the, er the earliest armed album, like at a guitar center or something? Yeah. I mean, so, so at the earliest stages of this band, when it started off, I had been in another band slicer dicer with a lot of the guys that were in the armed uh, eventually. Uh, but then my cousin Kenny and I started writing these riffs that would eventually become what is our first record, These Are Lights, which everyone says you can't get it online. You can literally find it on YouTube right now. You can find it on Apple Music. It's just not everywhere. And for that, I apologize. There's weird reasons. It's not everywhere. But for fuck's sake, use some fucking, you know, <laughs> figure it out, folks. Uh, but but uh, that, that record, um, it was the same thing as perfect saviors we were just younger and had way less you know what i mean and it was uh there was a lot of shit specifically we were um there's a song where we wanted to use uh like dive bomb guitar solos um and we just didn't have a guitar that had like you know like a floyd rose like tremolo thing so um we would go to the local guitar center we did it like three or four times and I would bring my laptop and I would bring my little interface. And then we would uh, say that we wanted to try shit out and we would go in the room and we would like set up pedals and guitars and keyboards. <laughs> and then we would just record for hours until someone would fucking kick <laughs> us out just in Guitar Center. And uh, we only got like literally asked to leave like, I think, well, actually it was like two of the three times. I mean, we were there for fucking hours. <laughs> they, they, let us, they let us fuck around, you know what I mean? But um. You know, I think it's just that willingness to just, like you said, just brute force fucking sheer willpower something into existence. Like yesterday or two days ago or whatever it was, I mean, you met Dan Green. Dan Green is literally working at Meyer right now. He was also on the bottom of A1 of the New York Times. Isn't that crazy? And then he was also the cover of C1 and he was also a full interior spread. <laughs> so that man, crazy, you know what I, I mean? Know. And it's like, you know, you can just fucking 
you just got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it long after everyone tells you that you suck and that it's a, I, I, yeah, that's the thing, you know, when we're talking about this shit about anyone not liking us, people have been not liking us for a long time. <laughs> so if some people don't like this new one, it's like, it isn't phasing us really because not too long ago, everyone hated everything we did. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, I kind of said this before, but I, I really, I really think that, if there is any hatred of you guys, I really do feel like it is a problem. It is a user interface problem. It is, yeah. it is because I feel like if you play me some pop stuff that I don't like, I'm like, I don't like the way that sounds. This doesn't sound good to me. This sounds Yeah, bad. totally. But I just feel like when people are don't like you guys for whatever reason, it feels like they're frustrated that right. they don't get it. Like there's something here that other people appreciate that's not like connecting with them and it frustrates them. It, it's, it's that such fear a weird, response, yeah. dude. It, that That is a real thing. I mean, that that's the thing is like when you can't immediately latch on to something, I, I it, like, that's why I say like, it doesn't really piss me off because I have experienced that so many times in my life of liking art. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, I don't know if I just said it to you or said it to, I said, it to, I was talking to uh, Tony Hajar from at the drive-in. I did tell him this story myself. I saw at the drive-in open for rage against the machine in eighth grade. And. Which it, is in my book that they famously yeah. had the hardest time opening yeah. up because people were just throwing batteries and shit at them. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. dude, I was there and it, it viscerally pissed me off. Like I mm -hmm. was like, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like they're playing the wrong notes. You know, what's, what's with the hairstyles? What's with the jeans? This, this fucking sucks. These guys, cause you know, it, that's the small part that if you're into art, you have to get over this shit. A lot of times it's projections of your own self inadequacies that you're like, they, these people think they're better than me or something. Mm -hmm, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the reaction when, when, let me tell you folks, nothing could be further from the truth from the armed. We are a bunch of fucking <laughs> losers, but, uh, uh, with the, uh, with that, the driving thing, you know, it, it pissed me off so much. I was like, Oh, I hate this band. Then I watched rage. They absolutely destroyed long story short. Two weeks later at the driving was my favorite fucking band, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's why that, that thing where I see people maybe getting pissed, it's like, Okay, give, you know, uh, sure, a bunch of people might still remain pissed, but then a bunch of people might open up and be like, you know what, this is pretty heavy too in its own way. This is a whole different version of getting to that thing because I guarantee you the intensity is still fucking there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I think it might might open some people up and that's cool because then they can enjoy a whole bunch of other shit as at the drive-in did for me. So yeah. I, I, you know, that's, that's what I would love to be for someone, I guess. A divisive art. And I don't mean to keep portraying you as, as like a very divisive band. I don't think that you are. I just think that, like I said, there's more than meets the eye to you, which frustrates sure. some people. But I'm always drawn to divisive art. Not, th not to say that I always like it, but I'm always interested in why two people can see something and have such a different reaction. It's almost yeah. like that BuzzFeed dress, you know, yeah. where like two people yeah. are looking at the same thing. And just have, I remember I saw uh, that movie Babylon last year with like a whole row of friends. And I remember watching it being like, oh my God, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. This is incredible. And we got out and, uh, and the majority of my friends were like, wow, what a stinker. 
And that just made me dig in so much harder where I was like, actually, no, I think it was my favorite movie this yeah. year. <laughs> you know, like uh, something about like, I, there's something to be said for divisive art where the people who like it just dig in. Cause it's not even just about liking it anymore. It's about defending it now, you know? Totally. No, I feel I, like that's in a way the, the, the audience that you're building. It's just well, like people who will ride for this band, you know? I, I do think that's definitely a part of it is like, you know, I mean, this is probably not the greatest thing. It's like our inherent uh, drive to be tribal at some extent. You know <laughs> what I mean? The people who are want to get it, want to defend us to the end, which we appreciate. But it's like, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of like why life is good though you know what i mean like I, that's such a trite corny thing to say but like i mean if we all liked and made the same shit everything would suck you know what i mean so like yeah. we're trying to make something that i think is intentionally very different and uh a, a side effect of that is that the audience might you know the subset might be a, a smaller thing and that's okay and you know just whatever <laughs> again it's it's funny because it's also like theoretical because really what it comes down to is like we're not making any money so we're just gonna do whatever the fuck mm -hmm. we want guys sorry you know what I mean? <laughs> like the armed is doing whatever we think is fucking cool at the time and uh you know the our next one isn't gonna sound anyone like this one either you know what i mean so uh it's always just exciting to find something new to mine and to try to grow you know uh -huh. yeah uh, you know, the last thing I wanted to ask you, which is uh, something we didn't get into too much, but I was I was surprised by it, which is uh, I feel like this is such a divisive topic right now. But the Perfect Saviors cover. Yeah, is AI artwork. Hell yeah. And I was surprised to learn that because I just feel like you guys are such at your core, like artists and originals. And so I was curious about the uh the purpose of using ai uh i mean in your artwork the polarized if you guys watch the polarizer video on youtube you know what i mean uh the untitled record is 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 uh rip off of bowie's the original the reason untitled is called untitled is because the printer wouldn't let us print the word metallica in the disney font uh <laughs> over david bowie's the next day cover um mm. so uh art and ownership is a real hot button topic for me personally mm -hmm. and uh i think that uh we're pretty radically against most forms of intellectual property ownership i mean this is not exactly a popular you know opinion but i mean like i think that there is you know what makes all art is in some way an iteration of something that had come before it and the more we loosen a lot of the rules, the better people are able to make things. And, you know, if you support uh, street art and if you support, you know, uh, hip hop and sampling and stuff, if you support um, fucking, what's the bullshit millennial 2000s uh, mashups or whatever the fuck, mm -hmm. like girl talks mm -hmm. up, you know, girl talk it's and, like. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like, all of that shit is cool. And um, it can only be discovered by pushing boundaries. You know what I mean? And I think AI is uh, a real similar thing. Uh, I, I definitely think that, like, there is an argument against automation replacing jobs wholesale, of course. Mm -hmm. But, like, it, we used AI as a 
they're like that concept is rooted entirely in what we were doing. It is literally a part of the name perfect saviors. You know what I mean? Perfect saviors being this eventual blending of all niches into these super heroic fucking people that are, are speaking only to you. Everybody has their own perfect savior because of the algorithm. So from a conceptual standpoint, that is a, uh, fucking uh you know just it was the exact tool to use and i mean like we also have songs about stefan breitweiser who is a guy who went into uh uh uh, uh museums and stole artwork from the museums and made his own museum in his house and i called him the greatest artist of all uh we have songs about sherry levine who is a feminist artist from the 70s who would take photos of portraits made by white men and recreate them as much as she could to recontextualize them uh, solely via her as the author of that same thing. And I think those conversations are so intriguing. Finding the border between ownership and right and wrong and all of that mm -hmm. is really cool. And I think there's also this other thing where tech, you know, is it's hard to put the thing back in the box sometimes. And it's a weird thing to be like, AI is inherently bad. And especially when what, you know, here, here's the, the set, you know, people have been using AI tools for a decade. They just haven't really known about it until the GPTs, you know, came to light. So now that people are freaked out because it might impose on like something they do for a living in, in a creative professional, and I'm a creative professional, so it concerns me. But I think that there's a little bit of classism there because those same people don't want their cars or things that they make built by hand by, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there is a weird bit of classism that like people would consider like for some reason, the, the creative class to be the, um, the only untouchable class right, by right. some, by some sort of development like this. So but at the same time too, it is, it is so fucked up that like, you know, the dream, that we concocted with our technology was that, you know, like it, it's supposed to be like the dream of technology is that like, yeah, machines will do our drudgery for us and we can yeah. all be like poets and artists and creatives and stuff. And instead now we're like getting into this model where it's just like, you know, like we're letting fucking AI write songs for us while we do yeah. the fucking manual labor, you know, it's well, I get don't know. pissed and write your own fucking song. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is like, it, I think there's something to learn from that. And I also just think that like any artist know, like if you believe in your own art, you know, that you are central to it. Mm -hmm. So this whole idea that it's like, the, the backlash of the art has been like particularly funny. Cause again, we've been like literally just, there's a song called I Steal What I Want on our first album, you know what I mean? Uh, but if you think that we just wrote in an AI program, make me an album art or something and that whole thing came about, I mean, that's not what it was, you know what I mean? There's a lot of concept and a lot of whatever. And part of the format is that, uh, that's. I guess that's another thing is like coming from a visual art world, uh, a lot of us have a background in what would be considered like pretentiously, in my opinion, fine art. But in that realm, um, there's still a bit of a moral ambiguity in that like artists do and create things that can be ugly and maybe even ethically 
questionable in order to raise a question. And I don't think that that exists in music. And I think us using AI is kind of more akin to a background like that, where it's like, yes, we are trying to rile you up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In, in using that, uh, that, that uh, technology very specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I mean, again, like, uh, you got a Dead Kennedys album, why don't you go look at the, uh, the, the collages in there? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, there's overt thievery that's written into the DNA of punk and the idea that because it might be tapping someone's deviant art furry fan art, <laughs> it is now morally bad is kind of a funny line to draw for me personally, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I think that, I think the concern is not so much that AI, AI is going to eradicate people's ability to create art. People will always be able to create art, whatever they want. Um, like you said, it is like something that is inherent to you and you can express yeah. that. I think what it's going to do is collapse a lot of industries once the people in charge realize that they don't pay, have to pay a human. I think that's why that's been such a sticking point on the contract negotiations with the WGA is like studios are really holding on to the idea that they want to be able to use AI uh, in whether that means, you know, like uh, computer generated like background extras or totally. whatever. Um, because I feel like once the industries figure out how to get the people out and just make money off of computers, they're going to do it. Uh, Absolutely. so I, I don't feel like art is ever at risk of collapsing. Cause like you said, people will always be able to make it. I feel like it's the industries th themselves that are going to become not profitable and then, and then, or not profitable for, for creators. Totally. I, I mean, I guess I understand that. And I think in some applications, it's probably very true. Uh, in coding applications, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, in copywriting applications, in terms of like, give me 15 variations of a headline of the best car. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that is now something that you can very easily prompt. But I think a lot of that beyond that is sometimes like a real oversimplification of, of what AI is, does, and also how long it's already been infiltrating digital arts for a long time. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? People have been using AI applications for a very, very long time if you work in film. You know what I mean? It's just to a lesser degree. The GPTs are what is freaking people out because it's like you're talking to a robot and then it's just making something. It's the generative nature of it that's freaking people out. And uh, I think a lot of those concerns are 100% valid, but I also think that there's a lot of uh, maybe some misunderstanding of what how eventually those things will evolve. Let's just say I don't think we're going to be uh, talking to these GPTs in the future. The, the, the eventual application of these things will be far more close to things that we already rely on every day. Like if you use a DAW, if you use Illustrator, if you use Photoshop, if you use that, there's already AI integrated into that. And I think that's the eventual road that we'll see most of this being applied. Did in. you see? I feel uh, like we're on the fucking Joe Rogan show. <laughs> Wait, no, this, is, this is spun out. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So, so what are, so aliens, we didn't get into aliens. What do you think, bro? Like, you ever, do you think aliens could do CBD oil? I read that they could. Look, dude. man, I'm just asking questions. I mean, I don't know shit, but, and then just an hour of a very specific. Reggie, Reggie, pull that up opinion. on the screen. Pull that up on the screen. <laughs> uh, oh, 
oh shit, I am completely wrong. Well, I'm not going to correct that. Who <laughs> well, gives a fuck? the clip's going viral anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to edit it out before we uh, realize that we were wrong. Who gives a shit? Um, did you, I was just going to ask you, did you see that Grimes like made an AI bot based off of her tweets and I guess maybe her lyrics? And it's like, she's been like trying to talk to it because it's clearly going to either become a Nazi or kill her <laughs> oh i didn't know that in advance i knew that she did an ai yes, voice model dude. and and i had played around with that that's very fun this is yeah. a tweet this week from the grimes ai being woke is being woke is a cult and it's bad for art i literally <laughs> welcome anyone to try to cancel me because the discourse is pathetic if you're forced into submission oh by the worst kind of religious fervor there's no hope anyway and then she's like writes to it. And she's like, "Hey, hey, we don't want to make you lie." <laughs> like, and then oh my she, god! And then, and then Grimes AI tweeted, "Confessing to a murderer in a tweet would be such a cool move. Too bad I'm lame <laughs> and law-abiding now." All my of that is- just sounds. All of that just sounds like literal Elon tweets, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe Elon's controlling that tweet on the back end. I yeah, that's not an AI. That's just him. Ugh. Well, great, a great combo about the arms and AI. With Tony Walski, Lion Tony Walski. Should we see? Did, did his fucking did his photo fucking drop yet? I'm like, look in. <laughs> Come on, that would be is such. Is not there? Is I want to see it. Is real. This is it. This is oh, it. Oh, look at that, man. You. You see, I'm looking. It? I'm looking at. Look at. He's doing this. I mean, it's a picture of Donald Trump. I don't know why he does look. He I have looks AI that though. Yeah, that looks AI as fuck. I really hope my eyebrows evolve into that because they're really patchy and they take up a lot of space. And I hope that the length grows like that because that is I such think a he's cool kind of. I think he's kind of grown his his hair down to his eyebrows. Like I, I love that kinda... he's insisting that his hair, like I mean that that is truly. I mean it's sad because that's like body dysmorphia. But I mean like that dude is positing that his hairline is literally three quarters of an inch above his eyebrows. You know what else is very funny too, is like, he's clearly over the last couple of years, like lost the like hair and makeup team that he had as oh, like, yeah, yeah, or, like yeah. whatever so is just, going on i don't know if he's doing it himself he's like clearly, he's like, like a local uh local um natural bodybuilding competition <laughs> orange now he, yeah, he, like he low-key fell off on the hair and makeup um yeah. that's what yeah. did it for me that's what made me not a <laughs> <laughs> yeah i won't vote for him again yeah i mean up now. until now but now seeing him i'm just <laughs> like i don't know he just lost my vote the guy oh, um okay. well great 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 way to end this talk um the armed is on tour in october and i'll be there i'll be there yeah. a bunch. Yeah. i'm gonna follow you around like the fucking grateful dead Please. I'm gonna have like a I'm gonna be like the like one of those Volkswagen buses for the Grateful Dead, but it's gonna be full of like uh protein, protein. powder and tuna, tuna packs. Tuna packs. I also drink envy now because of you, which is fucking disgusting. Oh, I've kind fun. of gotten used to it. I really like it. I the genuinely enjoy it. it. Oh, the first day I had it, it legit made me sick. Wow. And I've like I've capped the scoop a little bit less now and I like, <laughs> good. that's just like it's just like doing a juice cleanse in one in yeah, one get, go get those greens man get yeah, those get micronutrients those greens. then focus on uh protein for the rest of the day <laughs> now I'm gonna go have uh fucking grilled chicken and yeah. potatoes as I've done get, every get day since sad. I left you yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. all right so when we come though uh we're gonna be in LA a few days early to rehearse um you should find a place. You should find a place where we could eat. Yeah, uh, some good Middle Eastern food because you know. Okay. 
Yeah, let's go back. Let's find some some street food in fucking Glendale. Where? Well, you don't have to reveal it, but in what neighborhood where, will your rehearsals be? Our neighborhood, our rehearsal, it will be wherever uh, is cheapest among three options <laughs> right now, and I'll follow up with you online. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, awesome. all right, Tony. Perfect saviors. Congratulations Ooh, on thanks, all the man. on all the glowing press from yeah, the fader yeah. and hell other yeah. places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for everything, Dan. It's been a, a, a wonderful time to hang out with you these last few months. All right. Later. <laughs>